Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Now in John 16, Jesus, this is the week right before Jesus was crucified. And this is right before he was, uh, right before uh, they went out into the garden of Gethsemane. And we find here that Jesus is talking about sending them the Holy Spirit. Now this invisible third part of the Trinity that comes to live inside of us to help us through this life. Now, a lot of people say, well, do you get that when you get born again, or is that a second work of God? The answer is, can be both. We find in the Bible, some people received the power of the Holy Spirit when they believed, and we find other places in the Bible, such as Acts chapter 2, that though they were believers, they were gathered in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Paul asked the question in, in Acts 19, since you believed in Jesus Christ, have you been filled with the Spirit? And I think that's really important because if you notice something lacking in your life, if there's power lacking in your life, boldness lacking in your life, the difference is the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I remember when I was a kid, I loved Jesus. I, I, I was raised in a Christian home, so I had a, a really good foundation, but I, I never had that boldness. I remember uh, the uh, youth leader said, we're going to go out and hand out uh, tracks tonight. I was totally terrified. I was a little wafy kid, and I, they said, we're going to go do this. I thought sometimes I was scared of my own shadow. I, I didn't want to go do that. And so I remember that when we went there, I, I, I showed up, but I certainly didn't want to. Well, I remember I went to a church one night, and this man was sharing, and he said, anybody here that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to come on down here. And I, I thought, well, I don't guess I have anything to lose. So I walked on down there, and this man just prayed for me. And you know what was really great? He didn't smack me in the head and try to knock over three rows of pews or, or uh, you know, start screaming uh, at me. He just put his hands on me and said, Father, fill him with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And I was never the same since. Oh, I loved Jesus before. I loved Jesus afterwards. But there was a boldness about me. And if somebody would have told me, when I was probably 17, before that experience, that I would stand up in front of people that I would go on the radio, that I would talk, and, and I'd say, you're crazy in the head. I wouldn't do that for nothing. Why is that? Because I was a shy guy. I, I just didn't have that kind of determination and boldness. Oh, I love God. I wanted to say those things. I just didn't know how. I, I just didn't have the, I guess you might say, as the Bible says, the fire in me. Well, when God comes into our life, everything changes. The moment you accept Christ as your Savior, everything changes. Now, one of the things Jesus said 
the Holy Spirit would do when he came into our lives, we can look at this in verse 8 of chapter 16. This is a little bit of review, but before we go into what we're going to go into today, this is an important part of this. He says in verse 8, And when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now Jesus goes on and breaks this down. He says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. That's how we get rid of our sin. And we've talked about this before many times. All the different ideas religions of the world have to get rid of your sin. Well, go over and burn so many incense sticks. Go do so many good works. But the Bible tells us, and they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what must, what work must we do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, believe that the Father has sent me. Well, that's like receive. I, I didn't do anything. All I did was just believe. That's right. You, you see, faith is that which we give to God. We say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you to do this. Now, the Bible says the gift of salvation is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that mean? Well, the gift is that I didn't do anything to get it. Otherwise, it would be the wages. But it isn't wages. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. And so all I got to do to receive it, take it. That's what God offers you today. Take what he's offered you. Well, the Bible talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit in the same way. What did I do to earn the power of the Holy Spirit in my life? I just said, okay. That's all God's asking you today. Just say, okay. Now, let me just share this with you. God's got more to give you than you ever have to give him. That's always an important thing about our Christian relationship. God's scales are much more full concerning him than the little scale that we can give to God. Because God knows everything. And so as we look at this, he says to convict the world of sin. You see, this is what's wrong. And this is when the Holy Spirit is not there. There is no conviction of sin. That's why people, they can be in their wickedness and they don't see anything wrong with it. No active movement of the Holy Spirit. The second thing we find, he says, of righteousness. Because I go to my Father and you will see me no more. Of righteousness. And the thing is, God leaves his Holy Spirit with us to know what pleases God. I like that about God. God, I want to do things that please God. Why is that? So I'll get good things from God like a reward? No, I just want to please God. And then God goes, because you're my kid. You know, it, it feels good to belong. Have you ever noticed that? How good it feels to belong? You've got somewhere to go. You've got somebody that loves you. I love the feeling of belonging. You might be here this morning. You might be listening somewhere and, 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 you, and, you, and you feel like you don't belong. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. I like that. He knew I was coming. Can you imagine when we all get to heaven someday? It's not too, that long away. I personally believe. We'll be up there in heaven and there'll be these long tables, a marriage supper of the Lamb, and there'll be a little RSVP, a little reservation for you, and they'll have your name on it. And you go, whoa, they knew I was coming. That's right. God has a place for you at that great supper. You know Jesus concerning communion. He says, I won't partake of this 
again on earth till I partake it with all of you in heaven. There is a communion dinner in heaven waiting for all of us that God's going to take us to heaven someday and we're all going to be there and you'll have your little reservation. There'll be a chair for you with your family, friends, and God will be there in a way that we've never known before. We're there forever with him. Now, the third thing he says of righteousness Because I go to my father and the last one of judgment because the ruler of this world is is judged. You know, there is the lack of the Holy Spirit causes people not to think about eternity. Not only do they not think about their sin, not only do they not think of what pleases God, but they also don't think what's going to happen to them when they breathe their last on this earth. It's like, well, I guess when you're dead, you're dead. Uh, No. Well, what if, just what if there is, what if there is a real judgment after this life? I mean, let's just say that there was a chance of one in a hundred million billion that there is a judgment after this life. According to the things that we've done, are you willing to take that chance? And I'll tell you, with even odds greater than that, I would not be wanting to take that chance. See, the Bible says that God forgives us and then he lets us know we're forgiven. I like that about what God does because he says, now you're already clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Do you know people with a guilty conscience are always trying to run from their conscience? You know, you know a lot of times they go, well, we're going to have our AA meeting. Uh, that's one of the great things about uh, the meeting that we used to have here on Monday night. We'll start it up again. Uh, but, you know, when you think about that, why do people drink? They want to escape from the thoughts in their heart and in their mind. If you were perfectly happy, if you were perfectly content, you wouldn't want to get obliterated. You wouldn't want your bong. You wouldn't want your sack of dope. You wouldn't want your six-pack. Because the reason why people say, well, you know, I got to relax a little bit. Well, why are your, why is your life so uptight that you can't relax? What's wrong? See, and, and again, in, in our 21st century America, we're excellent at dealing with symptoms, but we never touch the problem. And that's one of the reasons why I believe in this world we live in today As long as we kick the can down the road, as long as we don't deal with the the problem, we just deal with symptoms, we're not going to see ourselves change. This is the problem that we find today in not teaching the Bible in church. They treat symptoms. They don't treat the problem. If a person is getting drunk, why are you getting drunk? If you're getting high, why are you getting high? People want to just say, well, you know, we have to have better drug educational type programs. Well, you can have all those you want and they'll become a TV idiot instead. We'll go from one to another. Why? Because we have to escape. My question is this morning, where do you escape? Where do you go when the pressures of this life are pressing down upon you? You don't think they happen to a Christian? Then you haven't been reading your Bible. Peter said it best. He said, casting all your cares on him, he cares for you. Why is it that we as Christians, I thought, since I'm born again, I'm not going to have problems or cares? Oh, no, my friends. It's just the opposite. 
Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. But what do you do with it? What do we do with the problems? What do we do with the tribulations? What do we do with the inconveniences that we don't understand when we even feel that God is being mean to us? If you love me, God, why did this happen? How many times have you ever said that to God? I've said it a lot, shamefully. But I realize it's true because I don't see what God sees. God sees life differently than I do. You know, it's funny when we break down the Lord's Prayer, what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. Jesus taught the disciples to pray, Our Father which art in heaven. You know, in that first verse right there, tells me a lot. One, I'm not in this alone. Our Father indicates I have brothers and sisters in this. Our Father, I'm not fatherless, which art in heaven. That tells me that God has a different perspective of my life, of your life, than I do, than you do. Here's why. He's got a heavenly perspective. He sees it differently. He sees something that, wow, I see, you know, and and God, we're all, we're all schizophrenic. You ever notice that? You ever notice what we buy? It's crazy. You know, I think I'm going to need that. I'm always amazed by late night television, what they try to sell you. Have you ever noticed that? And they got the goofiest stuff that they're trying to sell you that sometimes if you, I saw this one program, they're selling you something that's a bar that just kind of in the, I was thinking that looks like a stair rail. I don't know how you could use that any different than a stair rail would work. And they have these different things that they offer you to me. And they always got somebody that, that, you know, looks like Jabba the Hutt that's on there. And he goes, and after I started using this, now I look like, you know, like a Charlie Atlas over there with the muscles and everything. And, you know, I want to be that guy. Yeah, I'll get one of them. And do you know, they, they say that those are one of the biggest things that are for sale at yard sales is weight equipment. Because the idea was great, but the enthusiasm to use it went away. And, you know, here we are about one month into the new year. Most everybody's New Year's resolutions are gone. And I'm sure that this afternoon, as everybody sits in their big overstuffed couches with their bags of Doritos, whatever remaining New Year's resolutions you had will be gone. Give me another bag. Well, God knows that. And God sees us, and then he arranges our life to keep us from getting hurt farther on. In other words, we may not understand why whatever it is happened to you or me yesterday happened, but I can guarantee you that down the road, you will understand it. I may not understand everything at all this side of heaven, but I know one thing, we can trust him. In fact, it's interesting here, verse 12, Jesus is breaking it to them that he's going to die on the cross. They don't understand everything that's going on. Jesus is hinting to them. But notice he says here, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Ain't that the truth? That God has things he wants to tell you and me, but I can't handle it. Yeah, friends, that's the truth. Oh, come on, God, you can tell me I can handle it. No, you can't. Why is that? Because I'm not ready to receive what God has. Now, we oftentimes think, well, that could be a bad thing. Friends, that can be a good thing, too. 
what God will do in your life. But there's certain ingredients that God has to put into your life so that you don't abuse the position that you're in, that you don't abuse the resources that God gives you, that God would have you purchase or be about whatever it is he wants you to be about without overstepping that which uh, uh, will take you the wrong direction. So those, those supernatural Holy Ghost breaks that God puts in your life, where we feel that God's being mean to us, God's saying, whoa, slow down a bit, bud. Because there's things he wants to tell us that he can't. Now, the next verse is important because this tells me that as a Christian, we don't live in ignorance, even though I don't know everything God's doing. Read the next verse. However, when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but he will speak what he he, he, what he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. I like that about God. I'm glad God doesn't tell me everything at once. First of all, I forget half of it. The other thing is, I, a lot of it I wouldn't believe anyway. But letting God be God in our lives. You know, friends, the Bible says your, my Christian experience is called a walk. It doesn't say it's a jog, a 26-mile marathon. It says it's a walk. And that means it's gradual, consistent. God opens, closes the doors according to his will. First of all, remember this. If you're a Christian here this morning, if God's closed the door in your life, don't be mad at God. God is showing you where he wants you to go. It also doesn't mean that door will be closed forever. Sometimes God temporary closes doors. He won't give you more than you can handle. And friends, I think that's important. I, I, I can get overloaded. Have you ever been uh, uh, stressed out? You know what causes stress? Trying to do or have something bigger than you are, trying to do more than you're capable of doing. That's why we get stressed. So God meters to us what he wants us to do. And again, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It isn't I'm this burden I carry for God. No, 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 no. He puts a yoke on us not to hold us down, but that we would be about and we would be guided in what God wants us to do. Now let's go to verse 16, where we left off last week. A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while, you will see me because I go to the Father. Now, I can just see the disciples going, huh? A little while you'll see me, and then you won't see me. And then you see, what, what are you talking about? Then some of the disciples said among themselves, what is this thing he says to us? A little while you will uh, not see me. A again, a little while, and you will see me. Because I go to my father? What is he talking about? I like this. These are God's A-team. These are God's close. These are Jesus' closest friends. And they didn't always get what he was saying. Now that should make all of us feel real good. Because here's why. God has not called me to understand everything Jesus says. But God has called me to be the obedient to what I know. Now, in time, you'll understand it. You know, have you ever, have you ever seen that where 
where uh, uh, in, in time God reveals what happens. You, you, you prayed about a job and you didn't get that job. And then you know somebody that did get it instead of you only to find out that it was not a good job at all. That's the way God works. We can get initially angry at what God does. I, I always use the illustration and it, it, it's kind of corny, but it's true. And it really happened to me. I was going down Falls Avenue. I was late. This is when the church was downtown and I was going down Falls Avenue and I was speeding I was going 45 and a 35. And I remember this little old lady in this pickup truck pulls out in front of me. And, you know, I can see her gray hair. And, you know, and she's going along. And I was mad because I was late and I slowed down and I was just, I thought they couldn't drive like this in California. And I came down the dip, if you know where it's at, and I came up and there was a cop with his radar on. And I saw that. Isn't it funny how fast we can step on a brake when we see a cop? I'm lightning at it. I slammed on the brake, slowed down. My lady, we go past the cop. And now I'm going, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that little old lady. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And God, like, said, what changed? What was the perspective? One minute you are angry at the very thing I used to keep you from getting a ticket. I go, God, that's true. If it wasn't for the things in my life that I think you are or somebody is interfering with me, it's the very thing that protects us. You know, if you're not a Christian here this morning, you need to be. And here's why. You have no one that is protecting you. You are out there on your own. All I can say is good luck. Because you don't have to have luck. You can have protection, divine protection. You can have the Father watch over you. You know, I mean, God will take care of you. That's what's so good about our relationship with God. We're not saved to set, wait and sit on a pew, uh, you know, till, you know, the pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. God saved us for a reason. And that reason is because he loves you. And what he does is he surrounds us. The Bible talks about him surrounding us. We find it in the Old Testament. We find it in the New Testament in in, in so much that Paul says, we clothe ourselves with his righteousness. You put on his righteousness. That's what keeps me from getting into trouble. Now, again, that heavenly view. God saw, saw, Mike, you you need an old lady in a pickup truck in your way. Sends it in. Isn't that great? I couldn't have done that. If you don't have a heavenly father, you're on your own, pal. You say, well, I don't understand all things going wrong in my life. I can tell you what it is. You haven't got anybody to watch after you. You know, the Bible says you're illegitimate. You're without a father. You're an orphan. Gosh, I don't want to be like that. I want to belong. Jesus says, come into me. All you labored, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. How come Jesus knew people that aren't born again were laden and heavy laden? Why is that? Because he knew you're carrying the weight yourself. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. 
On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.